Hello, buddy, and welcome to the Don't Get No Connection, the podcast where David and I talk all things personal wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 77. We're going to be going over the week that was from April 12th to April 17th in professional wrestling. Now, we have a bunch of notes from the week's shows following WrestleMania, and we also have one major talking point that we're going to talk about at the very end of the show. Um, it's not a spoiler alert because if you are a WWE fan, you know what happened on Black Thursday, April 15th, another batch of released wrestlers. 365 days after the last one. Exactly 365 days. So we will get to that at the very end of the show, but we are going to start off with Monday Night Raw. There are a few moments, um, that I definitely think need discussed. The first of which happened... Um, at about the 8.30 time period. Well, I, actually, can I jump in? Go ahead. They opened with a match. Yeah, that's the... F- and They yeah. opened with a match. No promo. They opened no. with a match. And a damn and a, good one, too. It was a very good match, yeah. Yes. They opened with a Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle match, which Bobby Lashley retains, but still yep. great match. Yep. And then following that, we had a tag team bout with a returning... Viking Raiders. I know. I know. I am, it is It is that pump of energy that this tag team division needs. Yes, it is. Now, I do have one gripe with this, is that I think this return should have been done in front of fans, and not mania. in Thunderdome. And we're going to get to how people feel that this was one of the worst Raw After Manias ever. Listen... How can you do big returns if there's no crowd to pop? Yeah, so exactly. I think with how the Raw tag team match was set up at Mania, you could have thrown a third team in there. You could have done a surprise pop and gotten yeah. them that recognition you know, at Mania with the crowd. I think it would have been incredible. I agree to a point if the, if the design of the match was different. Because the way the match was designed was... You have the New Day, who is this very well-versed tag team, and this team that have never tagged with each other, but you have that presence of Omos. And if you put a third team in there, that just completely ruins the one, the huge presence of Omos, and him taking over the match and taking out two good, I would even say great professional wrestlers, very handedly and you'd kind of lessen the impact of the return of the Viking Raiders. Okay. All right. I, I mean, if we, I, I if agree. we had, if we had something similar to the SmackDown yes. tag title match yes. on mania card, then I could see them getting stuck into that kind of a match, but for the raw version. Yeah. But correct. since the way the raw match was set up specifically highlighting the presence of Omos, I wouldn't have seen where it would have worked. Yeah. No, no, I, I do, get that. I do completely agree with you that it should have been in front of fans in a different way. Hell, even have them return at SummerSlam. Mm. Yes, it keeps them off TV for four months longer, but they need to return in front of fans. No, if I know, WrestleMania they, Backlash has fans, return them there. They, they, needed, they needed to get some teams... And some people reintroduced back onto the roster. So, yes. I mean, it sucks that they did it to an empty crowd. But the Viking ratings returning is huge. Um, big win for them. Um, they look like Viking ratings are old. 
Um, Ivar has definitely slimmed down a little bit. For oh yeah, he know. definitely has, and he has a brand new shoulder tat, and it looks yeah, great. The, the 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 claw on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see what this tag team is going to do. I'd like to see them, you know, kind of run through the division, you know, get to AJ and Omos, and you know, let's have some fun with this. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to a promo that people are arguing she is doing some of her best promo work ever, and that's Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is the opportunity. Yes, she is. I mean, they, they put her on that pedestal for a very long time because she's a flair. And, yeah. um, you know, getting herself reinvolved and reinvigorated into the women's raw ta- uh, raw division yep. um, is a good idea. I like how she calls out everybody in her promo. Literally from, named every single person in the back. Yep. Raw SmackDown does not matter. Yep. I um I am interested to see how they're going to use her um as the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because we'll get to it at the end of the episode. Some of the people who could have used a match against the opportunity aren't here anymore. Yeah, exactly. And we also had another introduction of a new character. Um, Alexa has a new friend. Yes. Yes, Lily. Lily. And you made a comparison, and I'll let you talk on it, as to who Lily could be. I mean, if you repackage her, and, I mean, she already kind of has the the craziness about her and the look about her, I mean, you could repackage Nikki Cross as Lily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. We now, finally, we finally saw Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania as Sister Abigail. That's mm-hmm. who she was. That's that's the, the the demonic possession of Alexa Bliss on top of the Jack in the Box had to be Sister Abigail. It, there's yeah. no ifs, what's or buts about that. Lily could be properly repackaged as Nikki Cross. Vice versa. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Nikki Cross could be repackaged as Lily. And I think um, really, really could build this now almost dangerously um, supernatural tag team in the women's division. Now, I have another thought, and I was just thinking of this as we were talking. What if this is an even deeper connection? <clears throat> Lily could be a shortened name for Lilith. Which Alistair Black has a Lilith tattoo across his back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Could it be a connection of an Alexa Bliss, potentially Nikki Cross, and Alistair Black kind of faction where Alistair Black is like a puppet master scenario? I mean, that would be <clears throat> cool, but then you're 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 really digging into the realm of religion deities and stuff like that and we, we all know the we all undertaker, know undertaker david i understand but we're almost like crossing a line and you have to remember there's a reason why alice the black isn't allowed into the saudi, saudi pay-per-views and that's because he has a tattoo of lilith on him you know uh uh, uh a deity that's uh, if i if my memory serves me correctly is uh a, a symbol of strength for women 
which is why mm-hmm. obviously the Saudi government doesn't want him portraying this thing all over his body. But yes. we're not getting into socio-political stuff. We're getting into the fact that as cool as that would be for Alistair, it, um, would, it would essentially limit Alexa and Nikki yes. Cross potentially from competing at these pay-per-views because of their character. Correct. And then also, um, I think it would limit them within um, what WWE sees their, their their potential as a, you know, if their potential is to be some type of, type of reunited tag team. Because, like I said, if you just let them two be on their own, they could make a killer, 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 killer women's supernatural tag team. They could. Yeah. I could definitely see something like that. Ex- excuse David's hamster. Sorry, my <laughs> guinea pig's going nuts. Guinea pig. What, Julian's um, guinea pig, sorry. Yeah. And then the last segment that I wanted to mention is we have a, don't want to say new number one contender, but we have a number one contender for the WWE Championship, and that yes. is... Drew McIntyre. After a really good match, too. Once again... It was a very good triple threat. I, I just wish sometimes WWE would just stick to, you know, just doing matches. Letting the storylines kind of unfold through the matches and a couple of promos here and there. Because we to be honest like with you... like wrestling to tell stories. The, 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 the wrestling on Monday Night Raw this past week was great. Yeah, it was. It, was. Absolutely it definitely was very strong. Great. I mean, again, you start with Riddle versus Lashley and two mm-hmm. of those guys getting in the ring is never going to be a bad match. Okay. You got the Raiders. They were really good. Um, even you had the, Oscar e- versus Ripley. Yep. Until that was interrupted. Um, even the, um, the Damian priest versus the Miz and John Morrison. That was good. Was a good match. It, it was a good match. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, the screwy finish and stuff. And the fact that Miz gets his win back from mania. It is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's it doing? It's getting Damian Priest on TV. It's keeping the Miz on TV, keeping him relevant. The the let the matches do what they're supposed to do, which is push along storylines, and that's what this triple threat match at the end of the night did. It kind of showed that Randy is kind of done with the Fiend, and now you are dealing with Alexa and Bray kind of facing each other, which would be really cool. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see an agenda match between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Something almost similar to what we had from Alexa versus Randy. Yes. Um, then we have the uh, um, Strowman continuing to show how powerful he is. He didn't eat the yep. pinfall in this match. No. He was saved. Um, and obviously we get Drew McIntyre going back to... Um, WrestleMania Bobby. Backlash to face Bobby Lashley, which mm-hmm. I have nothing wrong with. But it's the aftermath in which two people come down to the ring and take out McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And that he, was T-Bar and Mace. Yes. For no apparent Showing, reason. Yeah. Just asserting dominance. Now, the one thing that will irritate me is that if T-Bar and Mace have been placed under the employ of one... Bob MVP Lashley. and Bob Lashley. I mean, they kind of already had a tag team, mm-hmm. but I'm prefacing this with a big but. The last time Cedric and Shelton were on TV with Mr. MVP, they had him up against a, uh, a backstage crate and they were threatening him. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great way to ensure more power 
to protect MVP, not to protect Bobby Lashley. Lashley. It's to protect MVP because he has all these houses around him now, which I like. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of this. I like the idea of um, T-Bar and Mace almost being mercenaries at this point. Yeah. Hired mercenaries. Yes. Yes. Moving on to NXT on Tuesday nights. Which was NXT's debut so on Tuesday, which was a very, very strong show. Yes. Yes. Start to finish once again. I mean, the one thing I wanted to note uh, that wasn't a match per se, but it was someone who's coming to NXT, uh, was announced at TakeOver last week, is Saw Ray, a uh, Japanese superstar, um, incredible woman superstar over in stardom and overseas. And she has found her way to NXT, and we will see her soon. Yes, we will. I am very excited to see her get thrown into the mix of the women's division. Yeah, because division that's as stacked. we've said. Numerous, numerous times, the NXT Women's Division is the strongest wrestling division in the world. Mm-hmm. By far, by far. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely head and shoulders above the next best division, which is AEW's tag division. Mm-hmm. Um, but this totality of the NXT show this week uh, was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, it was. From Karrion Cross's promo where he put everybody in the roster oh over. Oh, my God. That was so good. So good. I know Scarlett's an arm piece, and she does a little intro and stuff like that, and she's very silent. Dude, Cross can talk. Yeah, he can. Dude, he got out there, and the promo he cut where he put Balor over, he put the rest of the roster. He's like, listen, you want it? Come get it. But just be aware. TikTok. Yeah, you know what I and mean. He says all the guys in the back they're hungry, but I'm starving. Yes, yes. Did you see on social media? All Scarlett Cena? and Cross both posted a photo of John Cena. Yes, and John Cena posted a photo of Karrion Cross. I I know, I know. I mean, that'd be a dream. Like just, that would be a dream match, and it would be such a good rub for Cross. Oh, it would be so great if he could pin. If no, he could forget K- to pin. Oh, KO, knock him out. John Cena, that would be the rub of all rubs for Karrion Cross. Okay, I was about to say for Karrion Cross, yes, not for wrestling history though. No. And you know what? I could see Cena doing something. I like could that see. Yeah, him. I could see him do it. He's a company man. At the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, he has his Hollywood name and stuff like that, but he's a company man. Oh, without a doubt. Um, um, moving on, we have a new champion. Yeah, even though there was, there was two title matches on this show, one belt changed hands, the other one didn't. Yeah, the NXT Tag Team Championship was on the line, but we did have an MSK um, retention. retention after Drake Maverick Got power just gets powerbombed by his partner. Because um, oh, normally they do that as like a finish. Yep. They just missed. Yeah, he missed badly. Wesley rolled out of the way. Now just gets power bombed. Now I there was two things I noticed about this match. Um, one, the crowd didn't really seem to be in MSK's corner. No, they were in Maverick and yeah. Dane's corner. It was it was weird. They were kind of getting booed a little bit, and then obviously the aftermath with Imperium post match. Yes. Which was, yeah, going again, continue to build Imperium as much as you can because mm-hmm. with Walter's promo later on in the night talking about how they're looking to expand the faction, yeah, 
Ooh, sounds interesting. You think we could see a uh, a Dane and Maverick in Imperium, or at I, least just Dane? I could see one of them in Imperium, and I could see a person from another tag team that cut a promo later on in the night in Imperium. Okay. <clears throat> we do have a new Cruiserweight champion, though. Um, yes. Kushida surprises the world yep. by defeating uh, Santos Escobar after traded roll-ups. Now, you and I aren't big on surprise roll-ups, but trading roll-ups, I like. Especially when they're smooth like that. Exactly. Specifically when it's two guys who are sp- or girl. special. Or girls, yes, are well-known for mat wrestling. Yep. Kushida is very well known for mat wrestling, and so is Escobar. So for them to trade holds and then trade roll-ups, and Kushida to get the upper hand, bon appetit, perfect. And I I love how it was an open challenge. Yeah, it was. And he was was cutting a great promo about how his father was a luchador champion, and his son Mm -hmm. will continue the legacy. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, Kushida comes out and interrupts it. But what a great match, man. And it was funny because Kushida looked genuinely shocked that he won the match like yeah. oh shit did i just make this uh oh uh oh but then it was realized that that was what was supposed to happen because then you yeah, get a exactly. devlin promo in the back which was actually i've heard some people bashing this promo i liked it because like devlin said just because escobar climbed a ladder faster than he did doesn't make him a better wrestler mm-hmm. it just makes him better at climbing ladders yeah so, Devlin's Wait going back. Wait till have an actual wrestling match. Yes. We'll yes. So, I'm interested to see if if and when Devlin will be back here to face Kushida. And if they will let Kushida hold the belt that long. Yeah, exactly. Because Escobar just held it for over 300 days. So, yeah. you know. He won it uh, in early May last yeah. year. Yeah. So. so. Um. We may or may not have got a resignation from NXT this week. I know. I know. Um, and we saw it was Marina Shafir is Roderick Strong's wife, correct? Yes. Yeah, so we saw both of them in Regal's office, and Strong hands Regal a envelope. We don't know what it is, um, but there's been speculation that it's resignation papers. So, does that mean strong call-up imminent? Or is that something completely... Is that kind of to throw us for a loop? It's a call-up if it's the SmackDown. Not to Raw, please. I don't want him on Raw. SmackDown. I w- I'd prefer him on SmackDown. He would fit so much better in the land of SmackDown. He would. He would. With the, with the wrestlers Roger on Strong SmackDown. Roger Strong versus Cesaro. Roger Strong versus Seth Rollins. Roger Strong versus Roman Reigns. Roger Strong versus Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Buddy Uso. Murphy. I mean, the list goes the list on goes and on. on. So I'd be very interested. And Marina Shafir getting into that women's roster to face Bailey and Banks and Belair. Yeah. I mean, that would be really good as well. Um, And then there's one more note that we have from this past week, which is... The Way, which is the greatest intergender four-person team, mm-hmm. lost to the Colossal. Um, the um, Colossal Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Dexter, Dexter Loomis, Loomis. 
and Shotzi Black tag team champions and uh, Ember Moon. And the only reason why they lost was because they weren't they weren't the four person because Indy Hartwell left. So now they yeah, were only a three limits. person. So they can't be the greatest four person team ever if they're down to three. Mm-hmm. So I understand Johnny Gargano's argument that Indy Hartwell cost them the match because if it was the four person, they wouldn't have had any problems. Mm-hmm. But um, I, the highlight to me of this entire thing is the element of Austin Theory. That kid has got comedic gold written all over him. Did you see yeah, any? Does. Did you see any of the post match stuff backstage or no? No, I did not okay. see that. So. You know how we took like splash after splash after splash, like Gargano got thrown on top of him and then Candice LeRae got thrown on top of him and that, yeah. and he got hit with a, an eclipse and then finally Bronson recrushed him. Well, he was talking in such a way backstage during the interview afterwards, like his lungs had been crushed. So he's <gasps> like this. It was hilarious, man. So good. And Johnny Gargano is a godsend, man. Just, he might be, he might, he might be one of my like top, Two or three wrestlers right now in all of wrestling. He's just de- so fun. Definitely top five characters for me. Oh no, everything. Character work, ability in the ring, um, how important he makes a championship belt feel, how important he makes a championship chase feel. Everything mm-hmm. about this guy. Everything about yeah. him. And the nice thing is is he has so much stuff going on with both the way and with the North American Championship that he can carry a 60-minute segment of NXT every week by himself, along with the way and whoever they want to sprinkle into stories. Yeah, which is great because they have the women's tag champions involved in that, and then they have the two chasers, and then obviously Austin Theory's right there. Yes. Comedic gold, as you said. Yes, and then you have the Dexter Loomis pot, which is still not finished with LA Knight. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Bronson Reed obviously has his stuff that he's still got to deal with with Cameron Grimes. There's so much stuff that you can branch off this. And there, all, and all the center of that is good old Johnny Gargano. John Gargano. NXT has is so good at interlooping storylines. Yes. Yes, they are. But we do have uh, one more thing that I wanted to mention. And that was, I know you're not a big fan of it, blah, blah, blah. The Raquel Gonzalez, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley moment when they shared together in the ring the three champions coming out of WrestleMania week. The future is now, quote-unquote, quoting Triple H, um, with the three of them, with the photo of them from just years ago in the background, them all standing there with the titles. One thing I want to note is bullshit that Bianca doesn't have her own side plates right now. Yeah, I know. She doesn't. She's the only one without side plates. Raquel has them and Rhea has them, but Bianca doesn't have side plates yet. She still has the boss time ones. On. Well, maybe she hasn't figured out what she wants for side plates. You know, they they design them. Yeah, you know what I mean? but I mean, it's it's usually their logos. Raquel has her logo, Rhea has her logo. Hers is she can just have EST. I mean, yeah, she could have EST, or she could have the lips. They'll get to or it. Or she could have both. I know, I know, I know, but it's just like... I know, it's butthurt, I get it, but it's kind of funny that the future is now when two of the three women holding championships are older than women who just lost the championships. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 
I mean, I we mean, just looked up the ages. Definitely the f- one of them's definitely the future, and that's Rhea because yeah. she's 24 years old. She's but 24. The, both of the other ones are in their 30s. They're uh, the early 30s. Yeah, early 30s. I believe what we looked up was Raquel is like 30, 30 or 31. And Bianca's 31. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, they're, they're fresh to the scene. Nobody knew who yes. Bianca Belair was before she went and had that killer workout and uh, at the performance center. And Raquel mm-hmm. Gonzalez is a homegrown you know talent talent so they've been spending the time with them so yes they are the future but when sasha banks is pretty much homegrown because she was her popularity was grown at uh through the may young classic through the may young classic yeah and then through nxt and then nxt uk or nxt uk then nxt now raw but let's just keep in mind there's still some really good young talent within both Raw and SmackDown. More on the SmackDown side when you consider Sasha Banks is 29 and Bailey's only 33, 34? 31. 31. Okay. The oldest is Charlotte. Charlotte's 35. 34, and, yeah. And she's not even, and, that, yeah. and that's not even old. You know what I mean? No. Because that, that, you have your, your tag champs, Nia's 36 and Shayna's 40. Yeah. And they're still kicking it. Exactly. Um, your, your, your long stand, your most long-standing your, talent your right now is talent is natalia, natalia and tamina and they're in their late 30s early 40s yeah i think they're 38 or something like that we, we 40. Looked, yeah we looked it up before but it's just one of those things it's like yeah the future is now with those three women but that division look, is set for a very long time yeah and when we get to our topic at the end of the episode they could have been set for a little bit for some more talent and I understand certain cuts because the thing is, is when you have a basket so full, what are you supposed to do? Are you just supposed exactly. to hoard talent from going and pursuing their dreams? So yeah. we will get to that. But now let's move on to uh, the couple of notes we have on AEW, right? We have one more note from NXT. Oh, I'm sorry. We have one more note. We, we had a debut or more oh. of a reveal. Frankie Monet, mm-hmm. aka Taya Valkyrie. Speaking of another made, older female being introduced into the division, another uh, long tenured superstar, Taya Valkyrie. Yes, has had a long standing career in Impact and Ring of Honor. Found her way to NXT as Frankie Monet, and, I and love has it. pretty much announced herself like, "Hey, Raquel, I'm here." Where's my title shot? I think she's going to be very short-lived in NXT. She won't be that long. No. I think you're starting to already see the sprinklings of dissension between Morrison and Miz on Monday Night Raw. And I think you're going to get a you're going to see a Frankie Monet on Monday Night Raw very shortly. And would you get a mixed tag match between yeah. Frankie Monet and Morrison against Miz? And Maurice. Maurice. Yes. I would love that. Yep. Yeah. And then, they're and gonna then give... we could have them both as singles competitors. Yes. And you're going to get that solo I'm meaning, push for, meaning Morrison, for John Hennigan. Morrison and or, Valkyrie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Morrison or and Va- Morrison. Uh, Valkyrie will be their singles competitors, but still be there for each other in their own corners. Yes. Correct. Kind of like, quote unquote, Ford and Bianca, but Ford's in the tag team division. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're not really doing much right now with um, the Street Profits. Yeah, uh, let us do... There's a couple of notes I wanted to mention from AEW. 
Um, we have a, two actual title retentions. Uh, these are the notes that I wanted to mention. Um, Darby Allen retains his TNT championship over Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And apparently one of the best matches of the year so far, to, to date Meltzer at least, um, the Young Bucks retain over Phoenix and Pac in the opener of AEW this week. Uh, I mean, so you open and close with your, your title matches. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are four incredibly overly talented wrestlers in any division. And it makes sense when Meltzer is going to rate the match as high as he does. But, um, you know, there are certain matches that he seemed to be given some pretty harsh grades during WrestleMania yeah, weekend. We're not going to talk about the WrestleMania grades because we're both salty on those. Yeah, pretty salty, especially on um, one match in particular. Yeah. If you guys know know our high praise from Mania Night 1, you know exactly what match we're talking about. Yep. Um, but moving on to SmackDown, there's one guy that's in both of my notes, and that's Cesaro. Guy's amazing. Man, this guy is a workhorse amongst men. I like how he comes out to answer the call, mm-hmm. and then immediately Roman walks out of the ring like it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's just like, who's this guy? He doesn't matter. Yeah. He's been in this he's been wrestling for how long? And now he wants to step up? Yeah, I'm all set. And he just leaves. And he kind of like leaves the cannon fodder, which is Jey Uso Jay. to deal with him. Men of the Jey Uso. Yes. Andre um, the Giant Battle Royal winner, Jey Uso. Yes. And you know who the first Cesaro. Yes. At WrestleMania 30. Yep. Um and then that was our main event. We had Cesaro versus Uso, which ended um, with Cesaro winning via DQ after a Seth Rollins attack, continuing yes. this storyline. Which I, I enjoy. I really like that they're continuing this because Cesaro, or not Cesaro, Rollins was embarrassed at Mania. Mm-hmm. He was. And the thing and is... he's not going to lay down and die like that. No. And the thing is, is you don't need to put... Um, reigns on every pay-per-view. No. Let... So... I firmly believe Roman Reigns should hold the belt for the next two and a half years. I agree. I think he holds the belt for a very, very long time. I think he holds the belt through Mania next year when he when John Cena retires in a retirement match. I think you can build that match. And then he holds the belt. That's before him over Rock. Him over Rock has got to be in Hollywood. Has to be in Hollywood. You don't think him versus Cena is in Hollywood? Nope. Him versus Rock is in Hollywood. Okay. That's that's the match you're building towards, and you need to make sure that Reigns holds that belt and does a Bruno San Martino and makes the WWE Universal Championship this very important title. Nobody really carries belts that long. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. The last WWE Championship United States in within the continental United States was, I believe, CM Punk's reign, right? 400 and something days. Yes. Below that is AJ Styles. Yeah. Okay. Nobody usually gets a one-year reign. Let Roman Reigns have this. For, Reigns is for, almost there. I know he is, but 
dude, just keep going. I keep trust going. me. I am in a hundred percent agreement with you that he needs to hold this belt for a very long time. And since you have two main titles, you can do it. You can have Roman be the Universal Champion and put on five star caliber matches with guys like Cesaro, like Rollins, like Big E. Put on these five-star matches like Kevin Owens we had, like Daniel Bryan we had, like Edge we had, Mm -hmm. and continue to put these guys down, but have two, three, four matches with him like you did with Cesaro, like you did with uh, Bryan. But let the Cesaro stuff build differently. Don't let it build around... Um, Roman, let it build around his his getting through different people as tests. Yeah, so getting through let him, Rollins. Let him get through Rollins getting again. Through Jay. Get through Uso. Get through the other Uso when he returns. Jimmy, just mm-hmm. let him get through people. So this way that when he gets to Reigns, the constant storyline about Roman Reigns is that by the time people get to him, they have worn out. Yeah, that's what happened with Owens. That's what happened with Brian. That's what happened with Edge. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because Edge had to go through Brian in the middle of that triple threat match. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the constant storyline. And then eventually what happens is that person who takes the belt off of Reigns has got to have such a motor, has to have such intensity that he can just barrel through people. And I don't know if they want to wait Two and a half years to put the Universal Championship on one carrying cross, but they're gonna I was just have gonna to say. I was gonna say it's gonna be one carrying cross. That's who they're gonna have to wait, and because carrying and, cross and is this? a million percent of Vince guy. And how's this? Let carrying cross hold the NXT Championship for the same amount of time. Let him relinquish the title at a at a WrestleMania takeover or something. Put it on like a ladder or something like that. And then he shows up at SummerSlam and destroys Roman. Or shows up at a... Just have him just show up and destroy him out of the blue. But not for the title. Just to put his stamp. That's that. That's the long-term storyline trajectory to get Karrion Cross versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. And that happens at WrestleMania 40? No. No. It's going to happen at the SummerSlam before WrestleMania 40. It's where you get the clash... And then you get the build, and then Arian Cross wins the Royal Rumble, goes after Roman Reigns, yada yada yada. Then he gets the belt. Okay. And okay. and Reigns has held this well, title this whole is, time. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, Cross wins the title at forty. Yeah, I, I think that I think that would be a great get. I think now now obviously we are very very long term booking. Yes, and obviously knowing all WWE, that is, knowing WWE, Reigns will probably drop the belt at SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Knowing listen, WWE. Listen, at the end of the day, it's all about whether or not people stay on the roster long enough to see this through as well. And unfortunately, yeah. we're about to get to another sad day. Black Thursday. Yes. So Black Thursday, there was uh, a number of roster cuts, and Josh is going to go over who was cut. Yes, there were nine cuts on So it's Thursday. not as bad as last year. No, it was 10. It was 10. Okay, but yeah, not as bad year as last was year. like... 25 30 yeah, something yeah. crazy like that yeah backstage talent referees it was all kinds of craziness <laughs> so i'm gonna go from bottom to top on the list mojo raleigh wesley blake bo dallas which completely throws our concept for a loop okay uh kalisto tucker chelsea green 
Mickey James, The Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, and Samoa Joe. What is your opinion on these releases? So, like we were talking about the women's division before, and based on some of the posts that we're seeing from Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, I almost want to say that Peyton Royce and Billy Kay may have asked for their releases. I'm specifically with their thanking of yes. the WWE universe. Yes. I agree. I I don't um, want, I I just think what happened was is they both were like we're getting lost. I mean, just look at Peyton Royce's promo from a couple of weeks ago. And then nothing really mm-hmm. came out of it because they don't see they didn't see her in that in that dynamic that they saw Rhea Ripley who was going to take the title off of Oscar. That was a long-term plan there. Yeah. And obviously, I think there was a huge mistake breaking up the Iconics. I think the Iconics were a phenomenal tag team. I think that was the team. major downfall is that they had these plans to have uh, to have Peyton Royce be this massive single star. So they had to split them up, but then they were wrong. It didn't go the way they wanted. Yep. So it both just tanked both of their WWE careers. And, and best on them... They could end up, say, in AEW, Impact, whatever. Yeah. Put them in Impact and have them go off to the Knockouts Tag Championships. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. Put them out there as the Iconics again. And the thing and the thing is, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Billy Kay did a hell of a job getting herself over with the list, you know, with the resume and stuff like that. Oh, it was great. great. It was great. I just, I want to see the two of them back together. And if this means that maybe they have to be on the Independence for a little while, or maybe they're going to go and try out Impact and go for the Knockouts... I, I can see them back in the E. I just don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. As far as the one that everyone's upset about, which is Samoa Joe, he hasn't been medically cleared. No, he hasn't. So it's like, listen, I love him on commentary, but he's not a commentator. He's a no, wrestler. No, he's a wrestler. And I want to see him and in the ring. And I think WWE I, I, wants to see him in the ring. I think this is a very strong opportunity for Samoa Joe. To be Samoa Joe, yeah, because he was one, kind of he was kind of handicapped in main roster WWE. Well, once Not he hurt Tyson, once he hurt Tyson Kidd, he got handicapped. Yes, once they took away one of his finishing moves, one of the most devastating moves he had, he handi- handicapped him because he lost that 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 monstrosity that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if there's anyone who's going to fit the AEW mold, it's him. If any of them want to go to AEW, it's going to be him. I personally want to see him back in ROH. I want to see him back. That's kind of where I want to see him as ROH impact. I want to see him go and do a Drew McIntyre after McIntyre got cut. Go away, repackage yourself, reconfigure yourself. Yep. Spend time in the independence. Spend time in Ring of Honor. Spend time in Impact. And then make that giant splash when yes. you return. Now, there's two things going against Joe for that. One, McIntyre was really young when that happened to him. Yeah, Joe's quite up there in age. Yes, he's got a lot of years already on the tires. And two, Vince never saw Samoa Joe as a WWE guy. You got to remember, yeah. everything Joe did was in Impact and ROH. Ring of Honor. Oh, Ring of Honor, I'm sorry. Yeah, ROH. Which, ROH but he, Ring of but Honor, he was yeah. in Impact, too. Yeah, he was in both, yeah. Yeah, so everything he did was in those two 
promotions. And you know, Vince has a very hard time putting a stamp of approval on somebody that he didn't build himself. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> well, well, <laughs> AJ Styles. <laughs> that's a different story. That was a get. And when AJ Styles got that pop at, at Royal Rumble, they realized what they that had. was it. That that's the exception because he hasn't done it with Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Okay. So it's all it 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 really is all based upon how Vince sees you. And I, I wish the best to everybody on this list. But I mm-hmm. posed a question to you before we started. And now it's time to answer the question. Okay. If there is one name you could take off this list and one name you could put on this list, who would it be and you must justify it? So who I would take off this list is Chelsea Green. Okay. She is still a very young talent, but her downfall was she was called up way too quickly. And injuries. Yes, and injuries. She could find herself in the mold of the NXT women's division and be a top competitor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, who should be on this list, and it hurts me to say this, is Ricochet. Okay. He, again, when he got called up to main roster, he had some momentum towards that mid card. But ever since he started to kind of fall to the wayside, he got involved with the 24-7. He was the main event of main event. Stuff like that. He's never been fully utilized in WWE. And I think his release would allow him to come back up to that upper echelon in AEW impact something like that and with a potential return of lucha underground he could go back to lucha underground and be that massive star he was there so i like the idea of ricochet but then you lose casey cantanzaro because they would go together and the thing is is if i was ricochet i wouldn't even bother with aew i'd go right to japan and i'd go right after will osprey that's what I would do. That's valid. That's that. If that was if if the ball was in my court and I knew I was being released by WWE, I would right away. If I was Ricochet, over there, and I love the pick of Ricochet because, like you said, he's being underutilized. So, for me, if I'm saving one name on that list, it's Samoa Joe. Even though everything okay. I just said, he's the one name I'm saving because he was excellent in commentary, and you've already seen that. It, once you can get a big name cleared like Daniel Bryan, the fans will get behind him and you get a very good push. Mm-hmm. I would have released Velveteen Dream. Okay. I would have made an example out of Velveteen Dream based on all the stuff that he did in his personal life to sideline and derail a promising career. Okay. Yeah. You had no problem doing it to Lars uh, Sullivan. Yeah, but you kept Dream. But you kept Dream. Okay. And you've kept Dream off TV this entire time. He hasn't been doing anything. I would have released him and maybe quietly kind of still stood in his corner and helped him through things. And maybe you would have gotten a better version of Velveteen Dream in the future. But he's the one I would have released. Out of everybody okay. on, on any roster, I would have released him. And, it, and it's solely based on... Excuse outside me. Outside issues. issues 
from whatever he's done. Yeah. Ricochet was my mercy pick, though. When we were talking about this off air, mm-hmm. he was my mercy pick because yeah, he, it's kind of because he's been extremely underutilized. Got stuck into a division where he's not even doing anything. Yeah, what him was the and last Drew Gulak. Time we saw him. Those are my those are two guys. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking. Of. I was thinking of Gulak. I was thinking of Ricochet. Hell, I was even thinking of uh, Metalik and. I wouldn't I I see I see them I continue see them to as use them. Tag team stars in NXT. I see them as tag team stars on, on SmackDown. Okay. And, and I see I see some bodies being moved around because rumors are Mia Yim is moving to SmackDown, which means Mia Yim if, and Slapjack are. Okay. But if Mia Yim's moving to SmackDown and Slapjack's moving to SmackDown, Keith Lee's moving to SmackDown. I could see that. I would love that. They keep couples together. And that's why Frankie Monet will not be in NXT for too long because as soon as they start hitting the road again, Frankie mm-hmm. Monet will want to be with John Morrison. Yeah. So I I, I firmly believe we're going to see Keith Lee on SmackDown, Mia Yim on SmackDown, and we're going to get what I want. HBIC versus the EST for the SmackDown Championship. Yeah. I, I'm so I, excited yeah. for that. I'm 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 totally with you on that (laughs) but that does wrap up this episode of the doink and doink connection this week that was if you guys did like what you heard and want to share it with a friend we are available on podbean spotify apple podcast and we're also on i believe this it's called streamer okay but i could be wrong it's another podcasting streaming app it's called castro Castro. Castro. I was able to find out that we are available on Castro as well. And we are Ooh. also available on um, Overcast. I've okay. been doing a little bit of researching of what podcasting apps we're actually available on. Um, but the main ones obviously are Spotify and iTunes. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit us up on our social medias at Double Doink Network on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can hit us up on our personal Instagrams. I am at DJ Ald and David is at Dare Laufen Doink 508 underscores. This has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out. <laughs>